Today is Tuesday, July 17th, and I give a welcome you to the Tuesday morning esports talk. I'm DT and I'm the host of the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Today, we will have another episode full of CSGO talk. We had the Americas Minor, the CIS Minor, as well as GMAC Open Valencia, which we can talk about, and we will talk about some other CSGO-related news items. Okay, before we get into this episode, one quick uh, thing that is quite important to me, because I would like to officially uh, announce that I will be open to the idea of being Cloud9 standing for the major. I will also be donating my card of sticker money uh, to a charity of the community's choice. That was really important to me, so I want to get that out of the way right away, and now we can talk about uh, the news items. So um, let's talk about America's Minor. That was um, first, first up on my list to talk about, and um, in the end it was Rogue and complexity that, that got it done in the end. So these two teams will go on to the major qualifier. So it's the challenger stage. And, and I, I first of all, I think that it's nice to see guys like Hiko and Stanislaw back at the major. Um, was was a long time, especially for Hiko, I guess. Uh, he, hasn't been, he hasn't been there for a while. And um, it's good to see that he, he still has it or his team has still has it. And they can uh, go on to to make this jump into the okay 24 team major but nevertheless uh, it's it's a good good achievement for them uh, it is also an achievement that nrg missed out on um because they didn't qualify as as i said rogue and complexity took the two spots and there was not space for energy there and <clears throat> they lost the lower bracket final if i remember correctly against complexity and in especially this game must hurt them or must have hurt them afterwards because they won complexity's map pick just to just to reiterate um they won complexity's map pick <clears throat> uh, and then led excuse me led uh 13 to 8 on train train only to lose versus uh, in a round versus two, three deagles and z uh, two zz nevertheless won the the following round so they, they went 49 then at 14 12 um they almost lost the 5v3 situation it turned to a 1v1 and they won it. But um, then they were at 15 to 12. They got into a 5v4, but didn't check for a flank properly. And in the end, they lost the round, which screwed up their economy and then quickly turned to a 15-15. So it went to overtime. And in overtime, complexity seemed to be on the front foot at virtually, virtually all times. So there was no chance for energy to get into get back into the game. So this was the second map. And after afterwards, they completely broke. And in the third map, uh, they couldn't recover and lost out in, in the end against Complexity. Then went into um, to a match versus E United in the... Okay, I don't know the name. I don't really remember the name. But they they, they afterwards went uh, into a match versus E United. And yeah, lost against them as well. So they... Which is a team that in the end lost against Complexity in the lower... in the Consolidation final lower bracket, I don't know, something like that. But uh, well, in the end, yeah, they lost. Um, United being they, um, they lost against against complexity quite um, decisively, so to say. But yeah, in the end, it's 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 over for them. Energy didn't didn't make it, and they, well, for them, it's 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 especially annoying because. Together with Team Liquid, they were actually the two best teams in NA. Or let's say it like this: they were they were definitely the best Tier Two NA team of the last few weeks, if not more. So it was actually expected of them to make it to this major. But well, although this definitely stings, and I guess it it really really does sting um, to lose to lose out like that, to lose out in that fashion because. They actually had it in their pocket against complexity already and only had to or would have would have if they then had, had to win they only had to win one series out of two against rogue in the um in the what is it called the winner bracket final or upper bracket final or if they didn't win that then they would have only had to win against yeah depends on who, who then uh won won the series between complexity and united but yeah they didn't do it 
in the end, it stings, of course, but it's not the end of the world for them if they don't disband, which I don't think they will because they had they had the great showings before. And well, next up for them is IEM Shanghai, where they actually have a very good chance to place um, well or the, to place very high because, well, let's, let's say it is even expected of them because the only other teams in real contention are Tai Lu Hellraisers, which I will talk about in a minute, and well, maybe Gambit, but the other teams of, um, there's one, one other team that's uh, going to partake in IEM Shanghai, and I will talk about them later on in, in, this, uh, in this podcast. But yeah, these are the three teams that are actually in contention for winning the, the whole thing uh, when everything goes as expected. So yeah, it's uh, for, top t for a top 10 team like, like Anna G, which they still are, um, which they maybe aren't in a, in, a few, uh, in a few minutes as I'm recording this, because I don't know if, ah, there's the live, li live at this recording, there's a new CSGO ranking of HRTV. And yeah, they're still ninth. So they are still a top 10 team. And yeah, for a top 10 team, these uh, opponents like Hellraisers, who is now 15th, Tyloo 16th, Gambit 18th. So they're only top 20. Um, yeah, energy is expected to, 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 to play, to place well in this tournament. So um, it will be interesting to see if they, they're actually able to do that after, after missing out on the major qualification. But yeah, that's, that's it about energy and um, the America's minor. Now, talking about Hellraisers, like I did just a minute ago or just 30 seconds ago, is a good segue to the CIS minor, which took place more or less in parallel to the America's minor. So it was like a delay of two days, I guess. And well, together with Hellraisers, um, who were more or less expected to advance, it was Spirit. Um, the team Spirit, I think it's a, it's a complete Russian team or it's a mostly Russian team. Um, they made its way into the, they made their way into the main qualifier of the major in London. So into the challenger stage, um, just like Rogue and Complexity did. And well, even well before eventually stomping Pro 100, it's a Ukrainian team, uh, in the consolidation final, the lower bracket final was against Avangar, 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 I guess. And well, maybe you remember them from the E-League major earlier this year in Boston, where they were pretty damn close to making it out of the challenger stage. And from that alone, one would think that they were in prime position to make it through the minor this time around as well. But well, looking at their HLTV results page, since, since losing to ENDS, the Finnish squad, ENDS, uh, in the ESL1 Cologne 2018 qualifier um, by GGBet, GGBet Majestic, which uh, ends in the end one um, in early June. Well, after, let, let me rephrase, um, after they lost their match against ENDS in this qualifier in early June, they played two officials, they were two best of threes, until the minor started, which is a peri period of like six weeks. And well, two officials and definitely showed that they didn't really put that much practice in for whatever reason, because there was, there was no synergy, no coordination, especially on, on Inferno, which was the third map against spirit in their best of three against spirit. Um, but also through the entire tournament and well, even more so in the series, in the, in both series versus Hellraisers and the aforementioned spirit, um, which were the first team that were actually on their level. Uh, of course, Avangar lost a few rounds. They even lost a map in one series, but against teams that definitely weren't really on their level or on the, le on the level of these other two teams, Hellraiser Spirit and then Avangar, these three teams were like a bit above of the, of the others. And yeah, after they got these teams out of the way, then, after, then showing against these teams that are on their level, I'm repeating myself here, I guess, but after they, they faced these teams or while facing these teams, they were exposed or their, their lack of training was exposed in which show then they, that they weren't really, I don't know, you, you can see that, I guess you can see it on when, they, when, when someone plays or when someone, when you, when you know CSGO and you know how a team plays, even if you don't know CSGO, but you know the team and you know how the team plays, then you see when they're off and I, I'm not really a Vanga expert, but I guess one can see that they were pretty, they were a bit off, which makes sense because lack of training 
definitely gets you out of the comfort of playing. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was what was the case there. What is the case there? Maybe um, someone can tell me, or I can find out myself, or I don't know. Something like that will come up in the, in the next next few days or weeks. I'm not really sure. I don't really think so. But yeah, in the end, it was Hellraisers and Spirit who now f uh, have a place in the um, Challenger stage in London later in, in a few months, in two months. Now, the third and last tournament, uh, which I will be talking about this week, is uh, DreamHack Open Valencia. And I will, in detail, talk about four teams there. And we will start with the winner. Um, North, which uh, is the team that won. If you don't, if you don't know yet, I guess most of the people that listen to this podcast do. But um, I'm also stating the facts. And in the beginning, I, I think I um, people that listen to me in the, in, the, in the last few weeks know that already. But nevertheless, let's move on. Um, the winner was North, and right before the start of the tournament, they uh, actually announced that they would replace Mertz. Uh, with Mixwell, the Spanish uh, Spanish guy that was uh, at G2 before. So um, he, he was a part of the NBK in that Apex experiment. And, um, well, yeah, he has, he's now on North as a stand-in on a trial basis, as they call it, in order to uh, trial an international roster and to, in quotation marks, test new dynamics. And, well, it seemed to have worked quite well because they won the tournament, right? And in the group stage, however, they lost to Heroic uh, in a best-of-one, um, which actually sent them to the group decider versus uh, Ego Esports, the Polish squad. Um, well, there, however, they were able to prevail. And afterwards, the Valde show started. Um, in the semis versus Frexos, he had a one, 111 ADR, a rating of 1.64 and a... 24, so a, a, a KD of plus 24, um, and especially on train together with AZ, the two of them locked down the map. Uh, yeah, he he won many rounds in thanks to individ, individual performance, or they won many rounds thanks to individual performances in general. So they they were won by I don't know multi kills most of the time and. Often enough, it was Valde who, who made these multi-kills in order to win the rounds. And um, the, the, the analyst desk interviewed him after the match, and he then said that they didn't have one map of practice with Mixwell and just a few minutes to fill him in on the tactics. So that is to be expected, is what he said. So, um, and he's right. So if they, if they didn't really, if they can't really prevail with, with team play or with, uh, yeah, I don't know, fancy... Fancy nades uh, or fancy uh, utility stuff. I don't know stuff that actually can be can be practiced in a team. If they can't do that, then they will have to rely on the players showing up and boxing them out with individual performances. And another individual performance by Valder was soon after delivered because in the final versus Luminosity, he had the one thirty so one hundred and thirty ADR. Rating of 188 and a KD of plus 29, and they even had a, a had even had a 30 bomb on Inferno in 23 rounds when they won 16-7, uh, which is insane, an insane stat line. And yeah, and on Inferno, if I remember correctly, I haven't written this down, but I think he had a 2.9, 2.09 rating or something like that, which which is simply insane. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, well, after some problems in the earlier rounds in, in, on Inferno, um, North really had no problems whatsoever after being down, I, I guess, 3-5. And, um, yeah, they, they won a round with a ZZ with a Deagle, uh, or with ZZ's Deagles and uh, 1P250. And, yeah, you can't really say much about that. Um, they played Inferno and then they played Mirage. And, yeah, in, in, um, on both maps, they kind of lost out on the first few rounds. But afterwards, they were able to turn it around. They were able to digest these rounds, um, not get not get lost in, uh, on the maps afterwards. And then they, they just had great performances um, all around. Like I said, um, they did really well. And like I said, Valda and individual performances as well. It, um, 
it's, let me say it like this, Valder had gave another interview after the final and then he, he um, especially singled out Mixwell who who really um gave him the freedom to to reign on these on, on these maps and Mixwell did did just as well. Not really just as well, but close close to he was close to the stats that that Valder um had on the maps. And yeah, he, he did well he did well he did extraordinarily well as well. And the whole team played really well individually. And they therefore they of course also played well as a team. And moving forward, uh, well, as I stated, or as Vale has stated for me, and I, I just re reiterated it, they have not been able to practice before the tournament at all with the new lineup with Mixwell. And um, what I actually found interesting, what I have actually written down here, um, Vale said that freestyle can work quite well, but it's really inconsistent, um, which is actually something that um, I, really I really find interesting to, to, for him to say. Um, because this is sort of like the, the face uh, theme, which I talked about in the last few podcasts. Uh, but let's, let's not uh, waste any more, any more time on that. I think uh, everything that I wanted to have said on, on that have, has been said. Back to North, and they will go on to, on to a summer break after this tournament, um, where the management, management can work out what the future of the lineup will look like. If they will stay with Mixwell, Mertz is still on the, under contract. If they're looking for something else completely... But, well, after, after a tournament like this, it is hard to argue that Mixwell doesn't deserve a start, starting spot after this performance. But you never know in this game. And, well, you never know with MSL or with North or the organization. So they could definitely want to go into a different direction. So I guess we will, uh, we will have to find out what they come up with in the next few weeks. Now we're moving on to the other finalist of the tournament, which is Luminosity. And well, just like Denmark, which has been stated quite often, I guess, um, Brazil is also a great Counter-Strike nation, which constantly produces talent. And with Denmark, let's just go back one step. We had now North at this tournament. We had Heroic, of course, at this tournament. We had Fragsters at this tournament, who also had a great performance in the group stage, at least. And we also have Optic, the, who weren't at this tournament, but who are also a Danish lineup. So this makes four Danish lineups. I and Astralis, of course. I they, of course didn't forget about them. So uh, it's that makes five Danish lineups who are in tier one or t tier two, or okay, arguably Fraxas is more or less tier three, but. Them even existing is ins insane when you compare it to other nations uh, of Counter Strike or, yeah, other nations who feel Counter Strike teams. Let Let's take the Germans for example. Um, yeah, we have Big who, who have four or five Germans. Who for where four or five players are German. We have Crystal, um, who I will actually talk about in a few minutes. And yeah, that's about it, right? So um, Denmark stay can send four or five teams depending on where you where you cut the cut off where you put the cut off line um and yeah but i wanted to talk about luminosity and brazil and uh, brazil is not in that good of a good of a situation when it comes to teams but yeah it's still a great counter strike nation they always produce uh, great talent that, or they have great talent um in their lineups and uh, yeah Let's talk about Luminosity, who is such a team um, that uh, consists of great, great uh, Brazilian talent. And, well, they had the first offline tournament after not succeeding in qualifying for a few offline tournaments. Um, this was the first offline tournament that they, are actually, they were actually part of. Um, since they added um, the, 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 the brothers, uh, Henny and Lucas Juan, um, the, the Telles brothers or Telles brothers. Um, yeah. And they had a great run for that, for being back for the first time in the offense CS uh, realm. And um, when talking about the finals, I actually talked about that in a negative sense for North, but it's a positive thing for Luminosity, of course, because they had great starts on both maps, both Inferno and Mirage. Um, they had, like I said, great starts. They even won uh, all four pistol rounds in the final uh, on two maps. So, yeah, that's actually insane when you think about it. Or, and they still lost. They they still broke in afterwards. They couldn't really find the footing. Um, North kind of yeah destroyed them. 
and yeah, that's that's that was for the final. But on the way to the final, they beat both Heroic and G two. G two even in a best of one, and then in a best of three. And um, yeah, like I said, they often start very well into the halves, so they often win the pistol rounds, and then uh, string together a few rounds, which gives them a good position to be in. Uh, after a few rounds, of course, if you win, then you're in a good position. Um, yeah, and this is something I could build up upon. I think um, they just need to need to have the consistency to to keep it going. Then when it comes to gun rounds, where they, like I said, are lacking a bit, so they often have the problem that they break in afterwards. Um, they they had a few situations where they were like five zero up, then they lost a round, then they immediately reset the, the opponents, and this is like something of the this is kind of the best thing that that can happen to you but yeah in other times it doesn't really happen like that but i think it's it's a really it's a really interesting team because you have the um yeah the immortals core or the core of immortals players let's say like that uh henny lucas one and steel um and they they look quite well surrounded by yell and nekis um especially nekis had a very great showing in valencia and he did especially well versus heroic and well, now that Bolts is free again, um, one could maybe think about uh, getting the band back together. But yeah, without without Kenji, of course. But uh, yeah, let's see what happens. I guess maybe this is something that Luminosity would look at. Um, maybe it isn't. Maybe they they are happy with the lineup that they have. But uh, yeah, the next tournament that they have, I wrote, I've written this down as well. It's the ESL Pro League. Uh, NNA, which they have qualified for, or which they still are a part of, say like that better. Um, yeah, and they did really well. Like I said, they can be happy about this tournament. And let's see what they, what the next few months have in store for them. And now two quick ones, and the first one is uh, G two, G two Esports. And uh, I already said that Luminosity won a best of one and a best of three against them. And this, of course, means that GU G2 lost a best of one against Luminosity and then lost a best of three against Luminosity. In between those matches, uh, they had a win against Virtus Pro. And yeah, of course, they did quite well against them, but who doesn't? Uh, yeah. And they only beat them, of course, because uh, yeah, they had the best of one against Luminosity, then they had the best of three uh, elimination match against. Uh, and then they had the decider match against Luminosity. I hope I'm not wrong. I guess it has to be like that. And yeah, um, although they only beat Virtus.pro, like I said, they did okay. Um, they did also okay in the series against Luminosity. They won uh, on Mirage. Um, they lost on Dust 2, which was their own pick uh, after 30 rounds, so 14 to 16. But um, Luminosity played a very good tournament and especially good series versus them. So they did okay. Let's say, let's put it mildly and let's say that they did okay. Um, especially seeing that um, Shoxi played really, really well consistently. He did a really good job um, after Kenny has kind of carried, put them on their back in the last tournament. Uh, Shoxi showed <clears throat> glimpses of, at least glimpses of his old form. And it will be interesting to see how um, the team performs if everyone can can be on the level that they can be at. So the next tournament that they will have in their they have in the calendar until now is uh, the major uh, in two months, where they um, so they will have the players the the summer break I guess after this tournament or I'm not sure if they are contention to play another tournament before that. But yeah, I guess they will have a break now and then they will be uh, back in full force for the Mage Giant. I guess they, I, I like the new lineup. I, I wasn't really a fan of the old one with NBK as in-game leader. And I actually um, made that clear in, in a few uh, podcast episodes. If you want to hear them, then just go back in the catalog and listen to uh, episodes where there's G2 in the lineup uh, in the in the title, I guess um, should be should be uh, easy to find. But yeah, I wasn't really a fan of that, and I'm a fan of the of the lineup now. I I, I think that existence uh, can be a good game leader, uh, which then in this combination puts Kenny S into 
into a position where he can succeed like he did succeed a few years ago. And um, we, like I said, we actually saw that in Cologne a bit, I guess, I guess at least. And um, it will be interesting to see how, how, this t- how this team will perform as well in the next few months. <clears throat> and lastly, to close out the talk about uh, GMAC Valencia, we have Virtus Pro and they, to start, to start the tournament, they lost against Fraxters, the aforementioned Fraxters, and they lost 1-16 to on train in the best of one. Afterwards, uh, in the elimination match of the group, they played against G2 and they lost against G2, like I actually mentioned in the segment before. And yeah, that was it for them in the tournament. And uh, well, after Snakes left, and I talked about that extensively, um, Morels joined to replace him and yeah, well, not a lot changed. Um, they just can't seem to get anything done. And it's it's a really shame. It's really a shame to to see a team that brought us so much excitement in the past and yeah, I remember so many so many events uh, where they where they really yeah they showed a different side of themselves so it was it was a whole different team and you can't really see that team in this lineup the the reflection is gone there's no way that you can actually see that there's i don't know there's no resemblance left um Biali was at least trying something in, in the rounds in these two matches. He was actually at the top of the table both times. And um, yeah, I talked about it. I am Shanghai earlier, and I actually mentioned that in a, a few episodes ago, I believe, and I guess. But uh, Virtus Pro will also take part in the tournament. They have been invited to go to the IEM Shanghai uh, event. And last time they were in Shanghai, uh, Shanghai was very good to them. Um, it was a good uh, a good place for them to play because they placed second at the CSGO Asia Championships, which isn't, isn't that long ago, uh, I guess a few weeks, a few weeks back, I think three or four weeks, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, and they were second, which is insane uh, to think about when you see them play like that and you see them lose out against, I don't know, MDL League uh, or MDL teams. Uh, it's insane. But yeah. Uh, I am Shanghai is I think two and a half weeks away. Uh, let me just let me just take a quick, quick glance at the calendar. Yeah, first of August, so yeah, almost two weeks. Uh, yeah, two, two weeks in a day, and uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see. I actually mentioned the, the teams that will be participating, or a few, few teams of uh, the, which the tournament field will consist of, and um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they will perform at that tournament because it's yeah if if they can't perform there then things are rough I guess things are things are looking quite rough for them because they they are looking for quite rough for them for months now but yeah I am Shanghai is if they can't perform there then I don't know I don't know if yeah I simply don't know I don't wanna. Uh, don't want to badmouth them too much, but yeah, they should make up their minds or they should find the, find a solution that is best for everyone uh, in the next weeks and months uh, after we found out which which will happen at IM in Shanghai. Uh, yeah. Now to close out this episode, uh, a few news headlines that happened in the last week and yeah my not so quick take on them but i guess i'll just add my two cents um and we'll start with the fact that all of my stars back to back at, in the face lineup and chroman is not standing in for face uh during the elite premiere which yeah which i said last week because uh, nico has stated that in an interview with hrtv um during esl cologne and he actually said that yeah, they weren't really they weren't quick enough to get a fifth player, and they were looking for a, for a new um, a new uh, permanent fifth member of the of the roster. And Kroman wasn't that they were he wasn't really what they were looking for. Um, like I said, I, this has as we said last week, but I guess that Nico didn't know or didn't want to give any hints uh, to the fact that Olaf would return before that because he did, and he's back now. 
Um, he's back for about a week. Um, and yeah, the, like I said, uh, this has quite changed quite quickly and he's been in the roster for almost a week now. I think a few hours after I, I uploaded the podcast, um, he has been announced to be back with the team. And well, if you guys remember that um, Olaf tried to return in late May already, but then afterwards uh, he realized that he, was, he wasn't yet able to um, return anyway. Um, I don't really want, want to get into a speculation of, um, about what kept him away for so long. Um, there are a few uh, theories uh, swirling around on the internet, but yeah, the only thing that we really know for sure is that he wanted to. Re- he, he had to take a time. He had to take time off. Then he returned, and then he went back away again. And now he's back for good, hopefully. So um, we don't know what actually happened, or we are not. We are not sure. We can't be sure. But yeah, the only thing that we know is that he's trying to be back for good now. Um, and yeah, well, he has to get back with the team quite quickly because. Uh, Elite Premier will start on Saturday, and it is important for Face to get a good start right away because there's not a lot of time to get accustomed to each other again. And um, yeah, it will be interesting to see how they can cope with that because I don't really think that uh, Elite Premier is a, t- is a tournament that they will want to squander the opportunity to play because it will it's a, it's a tournament that has a one million dollar prize pool and a lot of prestige and um, Puts you, puts you in a good position for the for the player break or for the summer break for these players. Um, and yeah, it would be interesting to see how they will cope with that. Um, talking about another player, which is Croman, um, and he now needs a new home. And according to reports, a few teams have already contacted him in, in course of the la- of the last week. And he seems to be a hot commodity in the world of CSGO at the moment. And he's serving me so because I also mentioned that last week. Um, that no matter if he will stay or if he will leave, if he if he will stay or if he leaves uh, the the roster phase, that um, he won't really have a problem to find a new team, and this seems to be the case. Like I said, um, he had a good performance. He he won even ESL won Battle Horizontal with with phase, and uh, yeah, will be interesting to see where he will end up. Um, <laughs> One of the teams that could be probably in contention for Chromen or arguably should be in contention for Chromen is Cloud9. And according to different reports, which came out last week on Wednesday, uh, they might look at Fnatic's benched former IGL slash Entry Flagger slash, I don't know, uh, Boy Friday, uh, Golden, um, when it comes to personnel for the League Premier, which, as I, as I said it before, starts on Saturday already. And um, with that, the expected lineup is Automatic, Rush, Skadoodle, Stuko as a stand-in, who also st- uh, was a stand-in at uh, ESL Cologne for Cloud9, and Golden as a stand-in. Um, this is, according to these reports, this is the expected lineup. And yeah, until Saturday, maybe. So Golden has not been officially confirmed until now. Uh, maybe he has. he will be between me recording this episode and me publishing this episode, which I hope is not the case. Um, but these things happen. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is the thing that this is the lineup that we will think of when I'm talking about this. And I would actually think about when I'm cloud nine, I would actually think about the fact that Chrome could replace one of these players. So Stuco golden in this case, of course, um, because with the expect lineup, they kind of seem to lack some firepower, in my opinion. Um, but, well, I'm not the coach, and I'm not uh, I'm certainly not uh, the most knowledgeable person in this case, so I will leave it uh, to them, because um, another interesting comment by Jack, uh, the owner of Scout9 on Twitter, was, um, we're not going anywhere concerning CSGO, and this means that CSGO seems to be a vital part of the organization. Well, yeah... Of course, I don't really, th- I don't really understand why uh, people thought that Cloud9 would give up on CS:GO or the team would disband or something like that. 
um, because they won E-League Major not even six months ago as an organization. Of course, they're missing Tarek and uh, Stewie 2K. Um, Tarek, I will talk about in a few minutes as well. But yeah, I don't know uh, why anyone would think that they would. Of course, maybe the parallels to Optic are too, uh, too large to overlook. But yeah, it wasn't. It was really a question for me uh, to think about them disbanding. So um, they still have they still have a major slot. They still have three players uh, of the of the of the major winning team. Uh, so yeah, they will have to, of course, make moves in this context. So automatic Russian schedule really need to stay in the lineup until the major. Um, schedule is also often talking about retirement. Um, yeah, and I will talk about that in a minute as well. But with Stuko and Golden, um, they have two standards that could get the job done for that period of time. And like I said, they can look at Chroman. And they also have FNS under contract still. So they have enough playing room to look at how they, how they would want to uh, put the lineup together. So... They um, they have a lot of options and it would be interesting to see how they will actually choose uh, within this within this realm of of uh, possibility that they have available to them. Talking about majors, which I did briefly in the last segment uh, about Cloud9, uh, I am Katowice has been confirmed to be the first major of 2019, and I don't really have much to say about that other than the fact that. The best thing about this announcement actually is that it is extremely early for Valve standards. So scheduling conflicts will be less likely this time around because they can be, uh, they don't really, they, they don't even happen in the first place. Um, yeah, other than that, like I said, I don't really have much to say. Just uh, a bit of trivia maybe. Um, we had two majors in Katowice before. It was EMS one Katowice in 2014. Um, which is, yeah, ESL major series that has been called before, uh, as we call uh, at that point. Um, then a year later was ESL1 Katowice, um, 2015, like I said, a year later. And um, so we will have the first IEM Katowice major uh, next year. And yeah, another trivia, point of trivia, maybe if you want to uh, do bets with your friends or something like that. The last ESL major was ESL1 Cologne 2016. And I guess it's time that the ESL, the ES, uh, Electronic Sports League, gets another major because um, they are, they always put on great tournaments. Um, they, of course, uh, have received a lot of flag because of the Facebook deal. And I'm not really a fan of it either, to be honest, because I'm just a fan uh, in that case because I just want to watch the best Counter-Strike on um, and have the best experience while watching and yeah, you don't really have that on Facebook. Uh, that's that's just the way it is. But um, in my opinion, you don't really have that on Twitch either. So, yeah. Um, but Twitch is better than Facebook. So, um, And Twitch is easier to find. Blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of uh, talk about that in the scene. Um, and I don't really have to reiterate that while talking about this. Because, well, IEM events even... Uh, yeah, don't, don't really ha don't happen on Facebook only. So, there are Twitch events... Uh, without any, I don't know, without any changes anyway. And uh, yeah, Valve Majors have to be streamed on Twitch. So we don't really come, uh, we don't really have a, have a conflict there. So yeah, um, we, will, we will just be able to enjoy an ESL production um, as a major on Twitch. And I think that's a good thing, to be honest. Well, something else about Cloud9 actually but it will quickly turn into something else because on Thursday, Cloud9 confirmed that Tarek uh, would leave the team and they, th they thanked him for all of his accomplishments, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's, that's actually, yeah, that's the way it is. Um, not always though, but it should be always like that. And uh, yeah, it, it is like that. Uh, a classy organization like Cloud9, uh, of course, obviously does that and uh, makes sure that they will be able to announce him departing before the other team can announce that they will join him, and this is this is this is what happened actually because on Thursday, uh, Cloudline confirmed that they would leave the team, and on Saturday, um, MIBR confirmed the signing of Tarek, who will replace Bolts in the lineup. And by adding Tarek in place of Bolts, 
uh, they, well, got rid of the worst English speaker in the team and replaced it with a native English speaker. Funnily enough, last week I alluded to the fact that another possibility MIBR had was to go back or to try to go back to a fully Brazilian lineup or a fully Portuguese speaking lineup. Um, yeah, which was a possibility. But to be honest, I kind of knew or one can, one can guess that uh, this was in no way, uh, shape or form, the path that they would want to follow up on after paying the huge buyout for Stewie. Um, yeah, they don't really, they're not really in the money burning business, although uh, some Noah Winston critics would like you to believe that. But uh, that guy is not, uh, is not in the money burning business and he's not uh, stupid enough to, I don't know, burn that much money and, and then afterwards, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, make it disappear because it's, they, they want to go into a different direction. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really think that that would, that would happen in that case. Nevertheless, uh, this way they are making the transition to, towards an international lineup and, uh, yeah, because they have two Americans now in the lineup and three Brazilians. And yeah, obviously there's now this made in NA talk and these memes and the jokes uh, about the, uh, yeah, about made in Brazil and the brand and stuff like that. But the original organization also did not play with the fully Brazilian lineup all the time in 1.6. And they actually, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know how to say it. It was most of the time that they, they even had, um, had a not fully Brazilian lineup, but yeah. Nevertheless, um, let's move on because Tarek explained in a tweet longer post that he simply couldn't refuse playing with the former SK lineup and that he wants to win and will do anything in his power to make that happen. And um, yeah, I can understand where he's coming from. I I I don't think that I don't even think that this comment was a was a dig to Cloud Nine because uh, afterwards in the, at the end um, of his no at the beginning of his tweet longer he actually thanked Cloud Nine for everything and he said that from the outside you can't really grasp how much they go above and beyond for the team and the lineup and the players. So um, I and he actually said that uh, Cloud Nine he thought Cloud Nine to be the last organization that he would play for. But things come often become different uh, in a different way, um, and things often often happen differently. But yeah, now Tarek said MIBR will still be together, back together, and um, they will be looking to yeah shake things up, improve, uh, get back to winning ways. The the, the only ways that fall in Code Zero and uh, and Fur actually know. Um, yeah, and. One last thing about this, maybe, um, because I'm wondering what Automatic is thinking about all of this, when I'm honest. Um, back when Stewie joined SK, it was rumored that they wanted to get Automatic as well, but he refused in order to stick with C9. And the question maybe is that if he does regret that decision now, possibly, I don't know. Um, he actually talked about not enjoying CSGO that much anymore a few months back. And, well, now he's... Uh, stuck with an inconsistent AWPA that regularly thinks about retiring. I actually mentioned that a few a few minutes ago with uh, about Skadoodle. And, well, two empty spots on the roster. They uh, are looking at two stand-ins for E-League, um, E-League Premier, but, yeah, the roster consists of Automatic, Rush, and uh, Skadoodle. So, yeah, it's pretty much in shambles right now, but it will be interesting to see how they will cope with that because... Um, they will have to cope with it and they, they are looking to cope with it and they will cope with it. Um, yeah, but Automatic could be uh, at MIBR right now and I'm not sure how he thinks about that. But so, yeah, you have, to, you have to make a decision, especially when you're young or when you're, yeah, young, uh, in quotation marks maybe with the Automatic, but, but he's, he's quite young. Um, yeah. I don't know. You have to make this decision and you have to make the decision that is right for you in that moment or that feels right for you in that moment. And you can't really dwell on that. And I hope he doesn't because, um, especially when you're young, once again, um, you tend to overvalue these, 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 uh, situations and you 
tend to play them all over again in your head and then you, you think about oh what what would have happened if I did that instead of this um in any in any i don't know if if you're if you're looking in, if you're in that situation if you're if you're a professional player or if you're i don't know if you're asking out a girl or if you're uh writing a test or if you're doing the sport assignments um i don't know you 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 play these you overvalue these situations because you don't really have a lot of them in your history, in your personal history. So you think that this is some sort of like a, a crossroads that is really important. And it, of course it could be really important. So I don't really, I don't want to play that down, but um, he will have a lot of more, it will have a, a lot of chances, uh, many chances uh, along the way. And he will, he will be fine, I guess. And I hope I'm, I'm pretty sure you won't hear these words, but, um, I hope that if he, maybe maybe I'm also blowing smoke and he doesn't really think about it at all. But in case he is thinking about that, and then I hope he he won't be for long because things happen. They have to move on. You only, can only move forward. And uh, I really hope that he doesn't take that too hard on, on himself. That he, in in quotation marks again, chose the wrong decision or made the wrong decision. But yeah, just made two sense. Finally, the last topic for today. Just a month ago, the British organization Imperial has won DreamHack Open Summer 2018 in Jön Köping, uh, the home of DreamHack. Uh, and on Saturday, however, their 17-year-old super talent Espiranto, or Espiranto, Espiranto, has left, left the ESEA roster. Um, right, short, shortly afterwards, he came out with a statement where he explained that he did and does not like the methods of new in-game leader Crystal. That was pretty much it. He didn't really like that. Um, he said that the, the team chemistry crashed after he joined and he's too scared, stuff like that. And he doesn't, he doesn't really trust his leadership. He, don't, he doesn't want to play under him because he thinks that he will suffer from that. And yeah, he left and that was pretty much it. Uh, a day later, their coach, um, Neil, Neil M, uh, came out with a statement of his own on Twitlo via Twitlonger, uh, where he yeah explained a bit more about what happened to the team. And according to him, um, the two players had a very bad relationship right when Crystal joined, and they couldn't really get over that. Um, like I said, Espiranto said, said kind of the same thing. And in the end, it, it was the case that Espiranto said, it's either me or him. And the organizations decided to stick with Crystal. And yeah, I think I always think this is quite a, this is quite interesting because we had a similar, not so similar situation, but maybe a, a comparable situation. Yeah, not really, but stick with me here. Um, when we talked about Meteors and One Hundred Thieves, um, it wasn't really like I said. It's 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 maybe comparable when you have given me a lot of leeway in these situations. But um, yeah, a team like that, when, when you have a situation like this, you always are in a bad spot, right? Um, it's also the same with Cloud9 in, um, in, in League of Legends, um, when they benched the three, the three of their starters um, and the fans were outraged and couldn't really understand that. And I don't know. Um, yeah. You have two choices here, right? You, have to, you can try to accommodate the best player. Uh, Espiranto is the best player on the team. Or he has the he has the highest ceiling. He's the best talent they have, and yeah, you can try to accommodate your best player in any way you can, or you can yeah, not do that and uh, value the integrity of your team and your coaching staff more, um, which of course sets some boundaries. Uh, I think that the, that the coach, um, according to Switlonger at least, he really tried to make the thing work, and he, they actually gave Espiranto um, a bit of freedom. Um, because they played, they like I said, won Dreamhack Summer, and they played Dreamhack Summer, and they they almost imploded before that already. Um, and Esperanto said, "Yeah, I don't, I won't follow his calls." Then the coach said, "Okay," in a certain framework, that's okay, which is insane when you think about it. You can't really give one player, you can't really have four players stick to a call and then have one player just go rogue. And say, yeah, okay, you're going B, but yeah, don't really want, don't really want to do that. I'm just going to go mid or go A and do things on my own. Like I said, it's insane. 
you can't really have a team like that. But the coach accommodated uh, him in this case, said, okay, but don't be stupid in, in another way. In other, in other words, he said, yeah, okay, but don't be stupid. And then the player, and then Esperanto said, yeah, okay, I won't be. And it worked. That's the crazy thing, right? They won the tournament and they, they, there were no pushovers in the tournament. Of course, a few pushovers are always in the tournament, but um, I, if I remember correctly, they beat Optic uh, and they beat North. I hope I'm not I'm not wrong about this, but um, yeah, they, they, the tournament feel was quite was quite strong, not the strongest, but strong. And um, like I said, it's in, it's insane that they actually accommodated for him in that way, and he's still not happy. And he said, "Yeah, kick him or kick me." Um, if you want me to stay, you have to get rid of him. And then the coach actually said, okay, that's enough because we need leadership. We didn't have leadership, proper leadership. We needed his, we needed leadership and we have now Chris's leadership and we like the leadership that he gives to the team. So they are benching Aspiranto. The coach actually afterwards said that he really likes the guy. Um, they had really great times with him and he's, I guess he's sad about it. Of course he should be. Um, but there's not really anything he can do about this. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm always backing the organization in these situations because I don't really like a player that gets, lets success get to his head in situations like this. And it's not, it's not, it, in, in this case, it isn't really comparable to Meteos because Meteos, um, yeah, this was a whole other situation. I don't really, really got it get into that again but um yeah with a, with a player like Esperanto of course you you can't really have the genius of of a player like that uh, of or let's let's not really give Esperanto more um yeah I don't know more love than he deserves because he had a few good tournaments um he of course had a very good tournament at Dreamhack Open uh, summer where they won but yeah you have to, what, what I actually want to say is that if you have a great player uh, and you have the genius of a great player, you have to co accommodate him in some way, shape or form. He can't be just another player on your team. And I understand that maybe uh, people that listen to this podcast get the feeling that I don't, but I do. I really do. I don't think that you should treat, uh, I don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo the same way that you do, that you did Abeloa. I always link these two players or I don't know even Murata or something like that Benzema same thing you can't you can't treat these players same the same and I think that Alex Ferguson so Alex Ferguson from from Manchester United um did a very good job in that that he gave his star players some extra treatment because they deserved it because they needed it and I guess that makes sense to give it to them but as soon as they think that they are worth more or they, or they don't really listen to the coach anymore or they they go rogue just like Esperanto did um, he can't tolerate that because you can't destroy the team chemistry of yeah in in, a, in case of football you have at least 11 players on the pitch and others on the bench and the reserves and um, the coaching staff and you can't really destroy the chemistry of all of these people for one person and and I think that players that played together with I don't know David Beckham in this case or Ruth van Nistelrooy earlier or Roy Keane you play with these players and you you know that they deserve special treatment because they are the best players in their field or they the be, one of the best players that you have in the team and you have players that need this and the other players understand that I guess I believe um but as soon as there's too much, then even these teammates are like, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? And I think that it is important that there has to be a line. And this line, this line can't be crossed. And if this line is crossed, then you have to get rid of the player because he does more harm to the team environment and chemistry and organization um, than he does good. And from the sound of it, I... I'm not there. I wasn't there when Sir Alex Ferguson threw the shoe at David Beckham. I wasn't there when Roy Keane came into the to the office of Sir Alex Ferguson and Sir Alex Ferguson said, "I want you to be transferred." I wasn't there when he got rid of Jude van Nistelrooy. 
and I wasn't there when, and I'm not in the in the in the team comps when Espiranto doesn't talk or ignores Crystal's uh, calls, blah blah blah. I don't know, but as soon as something like that happens, um, you have to pull the plug on that because you you can't you have you you have to you have to value the long term team chemistry and organizational uh, stability more than this one player going rogue. Even if you can rein him in, um, well, if you can rein him in, then you don't really have to go that far. But if you can't, then you have to do that. You have to do what you have to do. That's my, that's my opinion. And I think that is important for fans and for, for people, uh, I guess everyone in esports to understand that. And I, and I read, I read a few comments on HLTV, of course, why would I read comments on HLTV, right? But Reddit and Twitter and something like that and all of that. And I read these comments and many, many people said, yeah, success got to his head. Um, there, there were also many not, not so nice comments about Esperanto. And um, yeah, in, in, in other games or in other scenes, um, now thinking back to the League of Legends thing with Meteors and 100 Thieves, um, there was not, there was not so, so much understanding uh, of the of the situation that the team found itself in. In this case, there's more more understanding, I believe. Um, yeah, that they had they had to pull the plug here because um, he he did more harm than he did good. And yeah, I guess that's that's the way it is and that's the way it was. And um, it's 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 a shame. And I and I think you have to. It's really important to note here again that the guy is only 17 years old, and he's obviously not the most mature person in the world. Um, and maybe he will look back on that in a few months, in a few years even, and say, okay, yeah, I didn't really give him a chance. And, um, yeah, I, I was, maybe, maybe he was, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's pissed that the they, they got rid of a Cillian. Uh, he was the guy that Chris replaced in the team. Maybe he was his friend and maybe he was, uh, he had it in for the German from the get go and never really gave him a chance to begin with. And afterwards, he would he would sit down and think to himself, "Yeah, I didn't really do do the best thing here." And um, you can't really expect that that I don't know maturity from a seventeen year old. It would be nice. It's always nice if you have it, but you can't really expect that. And um, maybe they will come to terms in a few weeks or in a few days even. Um, Espiranto, like I said, is on the bench now, and um, maybe if he, if he if there's more if there are more talks and stuff like that. They will come to an agreement, one way or another, right? Um, either they they will get rid of him for good, or they will get him back into the lineup. Stuff like that always happens, and yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, how this will develop in the next few months or weeks or days. And uh, yeah, that's that's there was a lot of talk about this now, but uh, I will cut it short and I will stop here. And uh, yeah. I think that everything that I wanted to say about this has been said now. And well, with that, we arrived at the end of this week's episode. You know the drill by now. If you have any questions, suggestions, or other remarks, please let me know on social media. Um, as always, all the important links are in the show notes of this episode. If you want to voice your opinion about this podcast, I would really appreciate it rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this right now. Because, and I actually, I actually wanted to mention that at the beginning, at the end here and right now, there are a lot of places where you can listen to this podcast right now. Um, it has also been added to Spotify, uh, to Overcast, Pocket Cast. I don't, I don't even know all of these, all of, all of the, all of the places where you can listen to that. But yeah, iTunes is one of the, one of the things that I guess uh, most people listen to or can listen to or want to listen to. And other than that, um, if you have an Android app, you can actually. Listen through. I don't know. I have post podcast ed- addict, uh, where you can where you can listen to that, or where you actually have the iTunes database. That's what I wanted to say. Um, other than that, uh, maybe you listen when you listen after listening to this podcast. You think, um, yeah, what's wrong with the guy? Uh, why is he talking that funny? And why why is it uh, why why is, doesn't he make sense all the time? And I want to apologize for that because um, I have a little bit of a cold, and um, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, some of the thoughts aren't really connected that well to each other, but um, I decided to leave it like that. I decided to record it right now and to leave it like that. Um, yeah. 
I hope it has been uh, has been acceptable and you were able to listen to that uh, anyway. Um, but if it hasn't been the case, let me know. If it has been the case, let me know as well. Um, like I always say, any kind of feedback is highly appreciated. And to close out this uh, this this episode now, I want to finally thank you very much for listening, and I will catch you guys next week. See ya.